This episode of the Press Row Podcast is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, available now worldwide. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Out of the Park Baseball 19 is available now, today, directly from Out of the Park Developments. You can get it on Steam, you can get it on Origin, and if you are an Origin Access subscriber, you can play it now today as part of that plan. Oh my goodness, Out of the Park Baseball 19, we are so excited, so proud, so happy that you can now play Out of the Park Baseball 19 This is the best version of this game that has ever been put together. So much of the feedback that we've gotten from fans has been fantastic. Out of the Park Baseball 19 is the biggest. It is the best. It has the most stuff to do, and it looks amazing, and it plays great. Yes, this is all hype, but it's true. Just go look at what people are saying about it. Don't take my word for it. Go look on our Facebook page. Go look on our forums. Go look at our Twitter. It's amazing. Go look at our YouTube page, our Twitch live streams. People are really having a blast playing out of the park baseball 19 you can get it today again you can get it right from our website out of the park developments you can get it right from steam and you can get it from origin or if you are a subscriber it's only five bucks a month to origin access you can play out of the park baseball 19 to your heart's content go check it out we are so happy out of the park baseball 19 available now today 39.99 across all of your favorite platforms go check it out thank you and enjoy the show All right, well, it is, I'd say it's baseball week in the world of sports video games, but we are not going to talk much about baseball in this episode. We're going to save that for next week once we've all had a chance to dig into some of the games. Uh, but, Rich Christian, we're going to answer some listener questions in this episode. Something I love it. we like to do. Yeah, we like to do that every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, see what's on people's minds, what we can cover that maybe has, hasn't been addressed recently. Uh, across really the the whole genre and what people, you know, tend to be interested in uh, that hasn't, yeah, that we haven't really dug into recently. Uh, so we're going to get to all that. But first, Rich, let me know, what have you been doing lately? I know you've been busy with the release of one of those baseball games, yes. but uh, you've also been playing games, I assume. I have. So thank you, Brian. Let me just say this at the top. As we record this, it's March 22nd, and we have released Out of the Park Baseball 19 today. Everybody on the team is very excited. Me, TJ, Chris, you know, a.k.a. Snaggle J, uh, you know, as well as, you know, good friends of, of the show, Ryan Lewis and Mike Suzik and, uh, you know, Adam Burnett, Night and Taco 9. All of the guys were very excited. Uh, it's a, been an incredible amount of time, effort, and uh, put into the launch. And what's funny is when you launch the game, you realize that's when the real work starts. So it's, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. But, yes, thank you. We, we, we did that today, and we're very excited. Everybody go check it out. Right before we also recorded this show, Brian, I played two more games of my FIFA 18 online league, playing on the Xbox One X on that beautiful brand new 4K TV I finally got around to buying a couple of weeks ago, or buying a long, many months ago, but putting up a couple of weeks ago. And these are, yeah, this is a, this is a league that you guys have organized uh, yourselves because there is no functionality in FIFA for that. That is correct, and it's interesting yeah. because it's it's a small league. It's eight of us, and it, that m- many of them are friends of the show, and most of the people associated, like Todd Zaniga and Cat Bailey, you know, are from the the uh, you know the community that originally sprouted up before uh, you know even Press Row around Fourth String and stuff. So. Yeah, and there's, there's, I mean, that's what pretty much this is. So it's, it's loosely organized in a Google Doc. But what's also interesting is the way that it was set up. In that every, you can be whoever you want to, as long as none of their over or none of the three major attributes of the club exceed seventy nine. So mm-hmm. you know, we we play each other twice, and basically whoever wins uh, the most, you know, wins it. There's no playoffs. It's just like, you know, international football, but we also have a couple of cups that go on during the season too, which is fun. And you can do all that by Google doc, but I just, I gotta tell you, it's really interesting when you have to choose what to do. Like I've been Leicester city, most of the games, but, but you know, because we're always playing as like the, you know, the latest updated version of them, uh, hmm. tonight, uh, Leicester, one of their three attributes, I think offense had gotten, excuse me, gotten up to 82, so I, to, so I had to pick someone else. So I took Burnley, who was like 76s and 77s. I won both games, one nothing. It was so uh-huh. intense. I mean, when you're playing FIFA against somebody who is in the same general skill level as you, it's pretty spectacular. And, 
you know, I've, I've gotten, I've never been good at FIFA. I've gotten okay at a couple of FIFAs, but been bad at more than not. And uh, with the amount of Pro Evo soccer that I play, I guess it sort of helped me become a little bit better at FIFA. Um, well, FIFA is the game you said you couldn't score in, right? Couldn't score in. I won both of these games, won nothing, right? So well, it's not do you like find I'm do scoring. Well, yeah, I was going to say, do you find it different when you're playing someone online versus the CPU? Like, is the CPU just too structured to uh, to, to break through, or or is and like online you tend to get a little more free flowing action, or is it just luck that you scored? Well, it's not just luck because I've been applying a lot of the same things that I've been applying in Pro Evo to FIFA. And I don't know, you know, I didn't play a lot of FIFA last year. I played much, much, much more Pro Evo. And I still play Pro Evo whenever I'm on the treadmill at home. I'd play one game of NBA 2K and one game of Pro Evo. So I'm still playing it. So they're, they're, they're both in my rotation. But, I mean, I'm only playing a very small select group of people online that tend to be like me super busy you know one or two of the guys are like appear to be fifa experts because they're winning all the games but many of the rest of them are like me where i've won probably i think four matches i've drawn two matches and i've lost at least two maybe three right so i'm like i'm doing pretty well relative for me um i and certainly i'm, I'm not going to finish near the bottom i'm going to probably finish somewhere in the middle but with my two victories tonight i i might even like move into sort of the top three, I would think. So um, I'm just getting better. It's all about repetition, or not repetition, all it's about reps. I'm just, I play a lot of soccer now. And and since I got the the big TV up a couple weeks ago, FIFA, you know, on the Xbox One X is a powerhouse, you know, a visual powerhouse. And so I've been just, you know, I I put it on just to, to play with it. And then when the league started, I was like, I'm in. And um, it's not that I've noticed that big of a difference with the people I've played. I'm sure if I'm playing like the many, many, many millions of you know FIFA players who are amazing, it wouldn't be close. But I, I guess the way that I play it on pro, because I'm also playing a, uh, a season or a campaign as Everton on FIFA and starting with uh, Everton as they are right now, which is not very good. They're not bad, but they're not good. And even in that campaign, um, I'm only like seven or eight matches into it. I'm, I'm, I've won the last three or four. Again, all the games are like a goal, maybe two goals. And I'm not as good. I don't feel as comfortable. Like I'm, in my campaign in Pro Evo, my second year in my Master League, I haven't lost a game. I'm probably 25 games in the campaign. I've had two draws and mostly wins. So I'm just like, I've not only have I assembled a great team, but I just fundamentally know how to play that game because I play it so much. I'm not approaching that level at FIFA, but I'm feeling more comfortable playing FIFA and being able to like manage the buildup and make the pass that gives me opportunities to score. I'm probably better at that right now in FIFA than I've been in a long time. And tonight was sort of the proof of it. Like I had multiple scoring opportunities. I won both games one nil, one nothing. You know, saying one nil makes me sound really ostentatious. Um, <laughs> But they were back and forth, very intense games. So it's, you know, I love Pro Evo, but FIFA, you know, again, especially if you get it on a big screen on the Xbox One X, oh yeah, man, it's it's good. I'm having a blast playing it. And again, when you play against people you like, there's nothing better, right? So that obviously makes me happy. I, you know, I'm not playing Ultimate Team against, you know, people who, who do that for all hours of day, right? So... You know, the, the very specific experience, two experiences, my own offline franchise and my online Google Doc Managed League, I'm having a blast playing FIFA. Anything else recently that you've been playing? Well, I've, I've gone into season two of my NBA 2K, my GM, and it looks like the story is, is over because I've mm-hmm. played like six or seven games and there haven't so, been any interruptions or anything. Give us a spoiler. Uh, I mean, geez, we're in March. Right. It shouldn't matter. But right. spoiler alert. Uh, how did that play out? How did the whole Seattle thing play out for you? Well, I won the title and, um, Oh, you did. Okay. Yes, I did. I won the title as a Washington wizards. And if you recall, you know, I had probably, was it, you, you have to admit it was that Vince Carter trade, right? It was completely <laughs> the Vince Carter trade. 100%. Yeah. So he was your assistant GM or whatever. He was right. Or your owner. He was right all along. 
So the the original owner sold the team. I got a new owner, and then the original owner came back and bought the team again, and we did not go to Seattle. I don't know what other sort of outcomes there can be. Can you go to Seattle? Is that a thing that can happen? I don't know because I didn't go. My my team didn't move to Seattle either. So um, I'm not sure if there is a scenario where they go. Gotcha. Um, I suppose it could be possible. They've got the uh, um, the the ability to move teams. So I mean, maybe. But uh, I was just curious if yours yeah. ended that same way. Yep. And so I'm, you know, six or seven games into my season. I'm actually kind of struggling. I think I'm two and four. Um, and I'm, you know, I have pretty much the same team back with a couple of small changes. I got Bradley Beal back. He got hurt with 15 games left in the season after the trade deadline. And it was a John Wall run to the to the title. Um, and so, you know, I'm playing that as often as I can, as I mentioned, playing pro Evo. Um, you know, I've just been doing a lot of experimenting. Oh, I played a little bit more of the uh, Roy McIlroy PGA Tour because I got, you know, EA access and it's on there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm actually, I was a little disappointed with it the more I played it. It is still very rough around the edges, even, you know, what is it, two years later? And uh, I'm running it on the Xbox One X. I mean, it's not that I wasn't enjoying it. Well, I wasn't, it wasn't upgraded for Xbox One X, so right. maybe that's part of it. Right. But, I mean, it was, it, when it launched, I recall it being, you know, there was a lot of pop-in and, and there were, you know, just some, some things, some technical things that would stand out to the casual user. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I was, you know, I played another round. Uh, basically, it was interesting when I booted it up it had my guy where I had left him however many years ago, like literally (laughs) the same spot on the tour, you know, and, and, and I also had forgotten how sparse the menu is and how little you can sort of see and do with your character. Um, so yeah, I I was underwhelmed with that when I put it back on the other day, cause I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, I still love golf story. I've talked about that, you know, plenty of times. And, uh, you know, uh, the golf club, you know, the, the next one is coming out. I love a good golf game. And so I kind of wanted to fire it up. And I was a little like, oh, yeah, this should be better. You know, it wasn't bad. But yeah. compared to the other games of this generation that I'm playing on the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, it's definitely not of the not at the same height as your FIFA's, Madden's, NBA 2K's. You know, NHL, which looks great as well on the on the more powerful systems too. So that was a little. Did bit you uh, did you try lacrosse yet? Oh, you know what? I even saw that on the menu today. I was like, oh no, Brian's going to yell at me for not trying lacrosse. Yeah, yet. well, you know, the sequel was supposed to be out by now. It was going to be released on March 13th, and they said it's going to have a very brief delay. Uh, they announced on March 9th. They said it's they needed to delay it very briefly. Uh, from the 13th and we have not heard a single word on it since so i don't know what's going on with the sequel but i was curious if you had gotten a chance to at least try the first i'm, I'm ashamed brian i've, I've committed yeah. to doing it and i still haven't done it i'm gonna do it i'm going to do it it's going to happen i just haven't i feel all bad. right that's all right hey everybody we're gonna take just a moment here to thank our sponsors this week, Credible.com. You know, student loans can completely wipe you out if you don't get a handle on them. How do you do that? Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace for student loan refinancing and using their simple platform. It takes less than two minutes to find out if you're overpaying on your student loans. Plus, you could save thousands by refinancing. All you have to do is visit Credible.com slash press row answer a few quick questions, and right away you'll get real rates, not ranges of rates, from multiple lenders. Credible.com is completely free to use, and checking your rates will not affect your credit score, so you really have nothing to lose. The average user who refinances through Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan. Think about what you could do with $19,000. So, for a limited time, our listeners will get a $200 welcome bonus when refinancing through Credible.com slash row. Pay off your student loans faster or lower your monthly payment, whatever works for you. Just go to Credible.com slash press row. Uh, so let, let's start with some questions, Rich. Um, so the the first set, all kind of related because they they all are they all involve games that people would like to see come back. Uh, so let's start with college. Got questions about, of course, college basketball. It's that time of year. It's March Madness, college basketball games. 
got questions about college football games, of course, because you can't ask about anything sports gaming related without college football coming up. Uh, so basically the latest on all this, and we, we touched on this when we went over, what was it, four years since the uh, back in yeah. August? It was the marking the four years since the last NCAA football. Yep. Uh, we did a whole podcast on that. And uh, since then, there hasn't been much that has changed. Uh, the one thing to keep an eye on, and I mentioned it back then, the one thing to keep an eye on is the Jeffrey Kessler versus NCAA case that's currently in the courts. Um, it recently, I think it was in January, there was a hearing on it. The judge is supposed to rule, uh, but there's really no timeline on when that ruling will come. It's already been two months since that uh, since that happened, and we're still waiting on a ruling. And of course, whatever happens there is going to be appealed. <laughs> so uh, we've got a ways to go in that one. But that Kessler case is interesting because unlike the O'Bannon case, which was to get players uh, uh, to, you know, related to their likenesses specifically as far as advertising and video games and, and, and uh, merchandising and um, broadcast, uh, as far as their, li- their uh, likenesses go, the Kessler case is very much more about just straight up being able to pay the players, having no cap on what players can get, and just letting them basically become free agents and, and, and make what they can make. Um, obviously, if that were to win, if the Kessler case were to go through and Kessler was to win and players would be able to be paid, then here comes EA to make an NCAA football game. Well, it probably wouldn't be branded NCAA football, but they'd be there to make a college football game because they'd have all the players. They would be able to go and license all the conferences and, and all the schools because they would not be worried about getting sued anymore. Uh, so that could happen. As far as college basketball goes, like we've talked about also, I'm not sure if another college basketball game will ever come about. I thought the route for that could have been what NBA 2K did when they brought in some college basketball games, kind of tuck it into the NBA product and have a college uh, mode or something along those lines. But uh, maybe maybe you would see something from an independent developer, uh, kind of like, look, if we're going to have a lacrosse game, we could have a college basketball game, right, in theory. So, uh, But I'm not sure if a major publisher would take that on. Um but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we're probably still years away from anything there, Rich, and we'll be talking about this in like 20, <laughs> 20, 2022, and we'll be like, so what's going on <laughs> in, in in the college world here with video games? Oh, my. I've, I've been covering this since like 2007, Rich. Yeah, and it's a shame, but you know, I'm going to be completely frank, not that I ever haven't been. I miss college football. And I miss college basketball, but it's amazing how you really just kind of you can go on. And I, I don't mean this in like any sort of deep way. Like, of course, we can go on, but there, you know, in in the world of video games and entertainment, there's always something else to do. Oh, there and, is. And and I'm not so sure that let you know. Let's just let's say that in a year and a half, this Kessler deal gets settled and for reasons that we don't even need to guess you know let's just say that there's an opportunity for somebody to step in and do this without having fear of having to go to the litigation i'm still not sure it makes sense anymore because before there was all of this situation the college basketball game stopped right they they yeah that was that wasn't a victim of any legal situation that was just supply and demand there just wasn't enough of a demand for the games, even though we've had conversations about it. the last college basketball game, college hoops. I don't know. If, I don't know what it was. Maybe two K eight. There was two K eight, and then NCAA basketball ten from EA was the final college game. So two K shut down their series two years before EA did. Although EA really essentially had started to shut it down anyway. You could tell 2K, that was coming. NCAA two K eight was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I had great games against my friends playing as Ryder, like little Ryder University. They had their gym, yeah. their logo, their team, you know, and the whole conference, the MAC conference. I played against my neighbor who I think was from St. Peter's. Like being able to do that was great. The game was terrific. Really wonderful game, you know. And I remember the following year when it, when they announced that it was coming out, I was like, huh. But those games were not a victim of 
of the legal situation, and and so that combined with, you know, I, I don't. So I don't, let me uh, let me uh, let me ask you though, Rich. Yeah. Then uh, we're in a different time now. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, back in 2007, which was when 2K8 came out, back in 2009, which was when NCAA Basketball 10 came out, digital download games just made to be digital downloads didn't really exist, or at least they weren't, you know, it wasn't wasn't at the the point where uh, publishers looked at that as a viable way to release a product. And then uh, the Ultimate Team was just beginning and at the time, of course, it wasn't it wasn't super popular because it had just started literally in what was it in NBA Live 08, NBA Live 09 or FIFA 08 or 09. One of those where it was patched in is how it, is where it began. And uh, and, and then it didn't get, it took until NCAA football 14 before we saw any kind of ultimate team in a college game. Of course, that being the last one. <laughs> um, so now if they had a chance to release just digitally rich. And if they had a chance to put in an ultimate team because you could pay the players and, and you could have the real players in the game and then you could have a real ultimate team and then maybe you bring in legends also for that mode like NCAA football did. Could it be a more uh, – could it be something that's a little more enticing because we're at a different point in time where, look, a college basketball game isn't going to sell a million copies, but with that kind of system – if you hit, you know, 150,000, maybe you can make a profit. It's certainly sounds like the only viable way, right? Is to have it be part of your service and have the manufacturing costs be less by not having to print physical discs. Licensing is very expensive and mm-hmm. very complicated. But yes, that that's that's the only way that I think it probably would happen and considering that's very common for a lot of games now that that's that it makes sense. I mean, the 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 clear there's only two organizations that could even do it ea and take two ea could theoretically do both faster because they have both a basketball engine with nba live as well as obviously a football engine now the longer that you go without actively maintaining you know a separate college football engine versus the madden engine i gotta believe that that will make bringing that back more difficult because while there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of differences obviously Mm -hmm. 2k um, could come back to basketball very easily because they've even got most elements of college basketball in their games now. So I, I just the, and the way that 2K operates, Strauss Zelnick has been very clear. He wants to own all his IP. NBA is an exception with Take Two, as opposed to the rule they've shed themselves of all of their other licensed sports games, including NHL and NCAA and MLB. They're all gone. And so I don't think they would do it. I think the only ones who could do it are EA. They're best positioned. It would have to be a really the way. I mean, EA makes a lot of money, but they've gotten very safe and conservative. Well, yeah, we were just talking about a golf game that they apparently shut down, you know, shelved. And uh, and, for similar reasons, licensing and development costs and the sales just aren't there. Right. And so they're they're They've become a very conservative company. And I got to think that they'd have to think long and hard about the return on investment it would take to get back into college. On the other hand, they know there's a market for it because for many, 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 many years they made and sold college games. And I don't know how NCAA 14, the last football game, sold, but I got to imagine it sold pretty well. Because it was a very highly rated game, a very mature game on a very, very, very uh, well sold pair of consoles in the 360 and the PS3 at that time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it it. There's a lot more challenges than legal at this point. So, I got a you know I got a feeling that we're just not going to see them anymore. And I don't want to sound like I'm okay with that, but on the other hand. Well, you, you don't know. control it. <laughs> well, right. I mean, there's so much. I, I guess the way I look at it is there's so much that you can play. Yes, it kind of stinks, but it's not, I don't know, it, it's not as, as bad of a situation, I think, as, as it would have been 10 or 20 years ago when there was a lot less choice that you had. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there were, there were more sports games, but I mean, just, you know, in the world of video games now, the, with the way that they're set up and the way that you can play them in different ways and, and so on, there's just... There's a lot more you can do now in games, and and so that's 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 why, you know, I don't I miss the games, but it's amazing how when something goes away, sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, I can I can I can live without that. Who knew? <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, not everybody can get over stuff as easily as you, Rich. That's the thing. <laughs> we know this. We know this because of a game called NFL 2K5, all right? That's right. <laughs> that is right. Absolutely. Okay, so the next game that was raised, Rich, is, uh, you know, Cameron on Twitter sent in a, a handful of questions, so I appreciate that. Um, he says, should EA focus on bringing NBA Street back? And so this is another game that comes up, and I think it was over the years as NBA Live struggled, we talked about this as why don't they just dump NBA Live and go to NBA Street or NBA Jam, um, you know, an arcade game, because we had so few of them over the years. Uh, but we're now at a point where NBA Live seems to have stabilized. We don't know where it's going to go as far as sales in the years ahead. But I think the, the thing that, that tells us that they're not probably not interested in, in bringing back NBA Street is that NBA Playgrounds exists, that it, they went out, the Saber Interactive went out, and got the license from the NBA to make an arcade game. If EA was even considering doing something like that, I don't think that deal would have happened. And so I, I don't think it's going to happen. Now, the question of whether it should, you know, yeah, I'd love it. NBA Street Home Court was the last one. That was that game was great, but it was also very expensive for them to make. And I don't know how, how that would uh, translate to these days, but I'm not sure as far as digital revenue, of course, we have to talk about that with every game. Where's the revenue stream in an arcade game? It's a lot tougher for a big uh, publisher to justify i think because of that and uh, they may rather rest on an nba jam or something if that were to come about again so i, I don't see it happening uh, but mostly because nba playgrounds already has and i doubt nba playgrounds is going anywhere i don't think they got the license just to release one game so i think that's a longer term play right there uh, and that's probably why we won't see anything like that uh what do you think about that? All that, Rich. Well, uh, you know, it's funny if you remember on I think it was last week's show. TJ mentioned that uh, uh, you know NBA Jam was backwards compatible, and so I fired it up on my Xbox One X. Uh, to, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I don't. I, I know that I bought it digitally when it came out last. So I'm pretty sure I have it through like digitally purchased backwards compatibility. I don't think it's through the Games Pass or EA Access. Either way, I played it, fired it up. Great game, super fun. Played it for an hour. You know, played a bunch of games, you know, went up a few ladders and things. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm going to you know, throw myself back into NBA Jam. So uh, I'm, I've always been surprised that they haven't made more of these games. I'm a huge fan of the NBA Straight Series. I used to play hours and hours, hours of Volume 2 in particular. Had a blast. Uh, you would think that they're much less complicated to make because yeah. they're not about you know, really complex five versus, you know, five on five gameplay like NBA 2K and NBA Live are. So, yeah, I, again, I, I sound like a broken record. It just must come down to they've analyzed how those games have sold and the cost of making them and the way that they like to to make money now and just haven't determined the right formula to, to keep them going. Uh, because I, I love those games. I would certainly explore. I bought NBA Playgrounds. And I was fi it was fine. I mean, there were certainly well-documented issues with it, and, and I haven't played it in a long time. Yeah. I remember my biggest problem with it was it got to a point where it felt like I couldn't win a game because it was just impossible. Like, the, the computer was just... <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and, and you never want a game to make you feel like that. So, yeah, I've always been surprised. I, who, who knows how NBA Playgrounds is doing, has done. Who knows how many more they're going to make. No clue. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I would think I would have, so I'd be curious to see that. But I continue to be surprised that EA hasn't done more with the NBA license, considering they have it, and considering the really the way that NBA Street and NBA Jam are so well-loved and well-regarded by so many people. It's, it's kind of a curiosity. You would think just every three or four years they'd They'd be like, you yeah. know what? Let's give it a shot and and see what happens. But obviously, they don't make decisions like that. It must take a lot more to get those games made, or maybe they just don't have that passionate ambassador for those franchises anymore, right? I mean, it just could could be that, right? Like maybe just the people, you know, to get games made at a AAA studio when they're not already on the calendar. You know what I mean? Like you know, you're going to have Madden, NHL, FIFA. 
right? NBA Live, those games are going to come out annually. It, to, to get a game made that's not annually on the calendar, maybe they're just not a champion. And maybe, Brian, by the way, maybe that's why there's no EA World Cup FIFA game this year, too. Maybe just the person or the people who are most behind that just either mm. aren't there or are just doing other things. And that was another game that was raced, Rich, was World Cup, because I, I wrote my article, I think it was two weeks ago now, and so we are, and, we, and nothing has happened since then. So uh, just to recap, the World Cup games traditionally release in mid to late April. We are now, I guess what you consider mid to late March. So there is not much time, uh, not much of a window here if they were going to announce a game and to get to re- release. Typically, these games have been announced in late January to mid February. So we're way past when they do so either something else is going on here we still have that statement i still go back to that statement in the ea financial call where they said we're working on world cup for our our next fifa which read to me or and sounded like uh they were saying they were going to release a a world cup game uh but nothing has happened there rich and so I am getting more depressed by the day because this is I, I don't look forward to games quite like I've looked forward to the World Cup games. I was really upset in 2014 when they didn't release a, a, a real true game on the on the next gen consoles because they prioritized the last gen consoles. Uh, and, and now I'm getting depressed about this situation um, because it is just. You know, it's every four years, Rich. I mean, I, there's only so many of these games I could possibly have in my lifetime, <laughs> and that's, and and we're not going to get if we're not going to get another one. That's really going to that's really going to uh, that's going to hurt. Well, could be that they're looking to sort of do something along the lines of a just-in-time announcement, right? Like they 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 could be like, you know what? There's so much going on in 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 games and in sports we're gonna wait until right before the game ships or maybe even the day the game ships well that would be interesting it. that would be interesting but i'm not sure how you coordinate that as a global game right if no i'm not was, saying it's yeah. easy or that that's what they're doing yeah. i'm just you know the you know i'm in marketing i like to really not announce things until they're either really close or here we go here we go you know you can buy this now that's my personal approach and it's how i try to operate with all the different things that i do right i don't i hate the announcement of something that's like a year and a half or two years away (laughs) hate that like you know that's the worst and and i really just like announcing when it's either here now you can get it today or at least it's coming really soon and we're announcing it now because you can you know pre-order it and get extra cool stuff or something you know what i mean like that that's the only way that i do so maybe that's how they're approaching it i think in the in the hyper fast world that we're in right now things like that make a lot of sense again i'm not suggesting it i'm not saying it'd be easy it's ea you know yeah it's just it's not it'd be hard to do that it's not their MO. I mean, they, right. they've never done that. Right. And you would you would think you would want to get it out there and pre-ordered and build up the hype and the excitement. You would think that that's what you want to do. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. I, I would be perfectly happy, Brian, if I get an opportunity to buy a 5 or a $10 add-on to FIFA 18 that has the World Cup tournament. I'm cool with that. That would be great. I would oh. be super happy with that. Why, why would that be bad? I was just sitting here telling you how much fun i'm having playing fifa 18 why not just give Ugh. me a little bolt on to it that's fantastic oh they've done that before with uh with what was it the uh the euro um and and it's just been a mess but it's you been you don't get you don't get all the teams you don't get all the kits you, you know that you get from a full release you don't get the sep- you, th- one of the one of the things we love so much about the World Cup games is they took FIFA's gameplay and improved it, and you kind of saw what the next FIFA like. Like typically, you would have seen, all right, this is kind of what they're going to be doing with FIFA 19 uh, in the game. That was also one of the benefits, and I think it also benefited EA in that they could kind of tweak from there and, and work on what they have in World Cup and improve it more for FIFA. Uh, but it, I, again, it defeats the whole purpose of. This could be a bridge to FIFA, Rich, like we've talked about, uh, was for many of us, actually, that FIFA World Cup 2010 was a bridge to getting us more into soccer games. Uh, it, it's it, You would lose that 
Um, and you would also, of course, like I mentioned in in one of the earlier episodes, which is across the, the globe, this is a global game, and not every nation, not every region has the internet to to download a mode like that um, or uh, download anything. And so that's why the uh, that's why you saw physical copies, and that's why they released physical copies on the 360 and PS3, because in in many of those nations, especially ones that are involved in the World Cup, they may not have that kind of access, and they need the actual discs. Well, a couple of things, you know, sort of popped in as you were talking. Number one, a World Cup game is really the exact opposite kind of game that EA makes anymore. And not just EA, but most uh, big companies, probably, right? Probably why we want it. <laughs> it's very, very, very much a very, it's focused on something that happens over a very short amount of time and has very little to no long-term value to a lot of people, right? Some that's, people that's, will buy it and play it for a me, long time, but the majority let me won't. compare. Let me compare that to college basketball game, Rich, where March Madness is the only time anybody right. cares. That's exactly right. And so, you know, that's one thing. That So it's like the, the kind of games that EA makes now are service-based games, and this really doesn't match that at all. And again, it's focused on such a short thing. The other thing is, Brian, look, this thing's in Russia, right? That's where the World Cup is, right? It's in Russia? Yes, yes. And FIFA, the organization is a catastrophe and is, you know, had its highest guys like convicted or accused and arrested of corruption. And, and, and the United States men's national team is out of it, which, you know, may sound jingoistic or whatever, but you know, a lot of people are interested in the United States men's national team that buy video games. And with well, in the full, in a full game, USA would be in there. Right, you could put them uh, in to try to yeah. qualify them, but they're not in the World Cup itself. Correct. You yeah, know, that hurts. More that than, hurts. Right. But whatever decision was made for a, a World Cup game or DLC would have been made maybe long before that. Maybe not. I mean, that happened like four or five months ago, right? You know, it, it that could have factored in. They could have been in pre-production, and then uh, you know what? Well, USA US isn't the the primary region though. Well, again, FIFA. between the fact that they don't really make Anyways. games like this anymore and the, yeah. the other reasons, those are just other factors, I think, that might go into it, right? You know, sure. there's plenty of games that get started and they think are going to happen. And for whatever reason, they're like, you know what, this isn't going to work or we don't have enough time and resources or it's not going right. to make enough money. Like there, it could have happened at any point in time and they still might not even sort of yeah. have finalized the decision. Or it sounds crazy. Or they still might have made a final decision a short time ago and are trying to figure out what if what to say or how to do it. who knows you know yeah well yeah i just go back to that statement again apparently they had something in mind uh two months ago <laughs> uh when they when they made that statement or, or a month and a half ago whenever it was i'm just hoping um, so, they come out with an announcement in like a week or two like, yeah, all just, right you can buy it here it is today yeah, boom they, you know? that'd be that, that would be awesome. That'd be great. I'd love it, and I would go yeah, buy it. I, I'm a, I would buy it. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. You give me a FIFA World Cup game, I'm buying it, and I'm saying, hey guys, let's try to play, you know, a little mini tournament ourselves. You know, let's have some yeah. fun, do something. <clears throat> All right, one more game, Rich. Uh, before we move on to some other questions, uh, this one relates to uh, UFC's struggles and whether a fight night could return. Give me your thoughts first. I would love a fight night. It's been a long time. You know, I've gone back and forth on boxing games. I've gone back and forth on the Fight Night series in particular. I would love a boxing game. Again, I, I man, I really sound... Well, I guess we're talking about games that aren't there, but, you know, the, the cost to make a legitimate boxing game now with the names uh, that you'd have to purchase, mm -hmm. uh, not just the boxers, but locations and... And all the different stuff, you know, the equipment and, you know, the, the fact that boxing as a sport, you know, it, with the exception of once every couple of years, when you get a big event, a Mayweather thing, generally speaking, I don't even know what other fighters attract big, big, big attention. Yeah, Mayweather is a demanding fellow. <laughs> right. I mean, there's... <laughs> they just, tried to get him before and his demands were off the charts. They couldn't even do it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't... <laughs> It's just to make this game, to make another fight night, it just can't possibly make sense financially. There's just there's no way because the sport itself is not nearly as popular. There are hundreds of fighting games on 
consoles, right? You can play all kinds of fighting games of all kinds of styles, right? There, there might not be a, you know, sim boxing game, but there are, you know, if you want to fight, there's hundreds of options that you have, right? So I don't know. It's just, there's no way that it could possibly make financial sense. Now, again, could somebody do something interesting digitally with, you know, something related with a story mode, right? Which has been attempted in the past as well. You know, and maybe not just this massive thing. Of course they could. But, you know, they had Knockout Kings and Fight Night. They, they know what they've, they, they, they've done it many times. They know the audience. They know the sales charts. They, they know a lot about that. And, yes, things are different now. But, no, I mean, boy, I don't foresee any sort of a legitimate boxing game com- coming because it just would cost way too much and yeah. not generate nearly enough of, uh, of a demand for it. Yeah, broken record licensing, and we have to bring it up every time. Uh, that That is kind of the key there, because in boxing, just like uh, why we've seen, well, we're getting a few of them now, tennis, but tennis and golf, you have to license each person individually. And so when you're talking about fight night now, you're not talking about just current current fighters. you got to go back, and people now expect you to have Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali and, and all, all these uh, great greats from Jake and Joe Lewis and yeah, if you don't have them, then nobody wants to play your yeah. game. Yeah, so you got to have those guys. They're not cheap. And then, uh, again, Mayweather would be difficult to, to, to get in, you know, to get. So um, that's a tough one. I mean, I think boxing at some point will get another boxing game, maybe unlicensed. Right, uh, but, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the, there are tools there. You know, there are more tools that people have at their hands now to do things than ever before. And I'm not, I'm not a developer. You know, I've never been one, but I've certainly worked with them long enough. It's something like boxing where it's, you know, two people, you know, in combat is completely different than something like 11-on-11 football or even 5-on-5 basketball. You could definitely, with the tools that we have today, make something resembling a, a legitimate boxing game, especially if you have some good, talented developers. So I'm, I'm not saying there'll never be another boxing game. I just can't see something along the lines of a Fight Night slash Knockout Kings. That's, that's what I just can't see happening. Hey, everybody. We're going to take just a moment here to thank another one of our sponsors this week. And this is Solo New York's Alistair Vertical Briefcase, because you know what? The briefcase is not dead. I travel a lot. Uh, Just this past week, I traveled back and forth to Las Vegas with a stop in Charlotte. It was craziness. And I have a lot of tech that I carry with me. Usually I got an iPad. I got at least one laptop, sometimes two, as well as sometimes I got my podcast equipment with me. There's all sorts of stuff that I have uh, to to carry, and I want to carry it safely and easily and securely. And I tell you, this Alstair vertical briefcase is perfect for that. Backpacks may seem like the new it thing, but the briefcase lives on. So backpacks beware. Solo New York's vertical briefcase is standing tall and it's looking sleek. The Alistair vertical briefcase proves that you can have it all. You can have a stylish and professional looking brief that will look great in the office and at happy hour. As part of the Highland Collection, a Scottish inspired collection made of textured canvas, Oxford lining and metal hardware, the vertical briefcase is durable and it offers protected storage for your laptop and other electronics. And I got a lot of those. Outfitted with a padded 15.6-inch laptop compartment, this briefcase converts into a backpack with hidden shoulder straps, and it features a back panel that conveniently slides over a luggage handle for fuss-free travel, and I need my fuss-free travel, folks. Available in plaid and ash colorways, the wax canvas body is designed to age with style, while, while the internal organizer section and tablet pocket will keep your accessories safe and in order. It's fantastic. Long live the briefcase. It's Solo New York's Alstair Vertical Briefcase, Check it out. All right, next question. I think this one's pretty interesting. Um, so NBA 2K has died off quicker this year because of microtransactions, but also uh, because of Fortnite. So does a game like Fortnite, Rich, threaten sports games in any way? Because we know people, it's finite. People have a finite amount of time and uh, a finite amount of money. And you see for, here comes Fortnite, which is just uh, everybody – seems to get into it's the cultural thing the cultural pull that nba 2k had and now everyone seems to be gravitating to fortnite which is a free game and which everyone is playing and everyone is watching and and everyone's talking about so does does a game like fortnite present a threat to sports games just as far as you know market share 
So I definitely want to talk about this, but I don't understand what you're saying, what you said at the beginning. NBA 2K has died out faster than ever. It's been the most successful NBA 2K game ever in terms of sales and dollars. And, and yeah, we're, yeah, that had not to do with sales, but how many people are playing it. So okay. like the, uh, so my, the, the, their, my team mode, um, is, or is it my team? I'm just, God, man, my, I'm blanking right now, but they're, they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're card collecting mode. Uh, from people who have generally played it and been fans of it, uh, they all agree that it's kind of died out and uh, and that there's just not a whole lot of activity on that game right now, primarily due to Fortnite. Now, you see that even if you look at their Twitter account, <laughs> which, which I did, and I look at some of their tweets and responses are, no one cares, we're all playing Fortnite. Um, so there's this sentiment, I don't know how true it is, but there's a sentiment that people have moved to a game like Fortnite. Well, okay, so... Let's just talk about Fortnite. It is <laughs> it is a phenomenon like we rarely see in video games and it's a phenomenon with multiple age groups. You know, I have a son who's 10 and and he does not play Fortnite yet. And I say the word yet um he is, you know, it's funny. He's got obviously access to every game if he wanted it. And he plays a lot of video games, but he tends to play Nintendo games. And, um, you know, like, in fact, just this week, he finished Lego City Undercover on the Wii U, just because I have the Wii U now set up again on the bottom TV, right? So I got it plugged in, and so I've been like, this is a cool little checking out a few Wii U games that we never played. So Lego City Undercover, and he's obviously a huge Zelda fan, huge Super Mario Odyssey fan, really loving the Switch. He loves Golf Story, too. So, but... Whenever we're out anywhere, I always ask, you know, his friends or his classmates, like today we were sledding because we got a foot of snow yesterday. So I took him out <laughs> sledding, right? And, you know, a bunch of his little buddies from the neighborhood were there. And I always ask him, like, hey, what are you playing, right? And and the responses today were universal, Fortnite. Now, some of the kids would say, oh, yeah, I'm playing Minecraft and Fortnite. Uh, you know, there was there was quite a bit of that. And some of the other kids were, were saying, um, uh, you know, the, they, they play uh, Call of Duty and Fortnite, but everybody said Fortnite, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them. And I have good friends, you know, who are not 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. You know, they are 30, 40, 50-year-old people. Guys, who play Fortnite every night? People on, you know, in, on the Out of the Park Developments team, they play Fortnite. I played it a couple of times myself because I keep hearing everybody talk about it. It is a phenomenon like you rarely see. And obviously, you know, you see the, the, the streamer Ninja who gets obscene numbers of viewers and makes amazing amounts of money. And when I say obscene, I don't mean that in a negative way. All power to him. Like, I am in full support. If you can figure out how to, how to make a lot of money in video games, go for it. God bless you. I'm happy he's doing that. The thing with Drake was amazing. Fortnite is a... It's both a blessing and a curse to sports games. It's a blessing in that what's good for games is good for sports games. Sports games, the best sports games are, as we've talked about, are always in the top 10 sellers, right? So the more that, you know, just the, the sort of the entire tide of, of video games is lifted, that's good for sports video games. But on the other hand, yeah, it takes time away. And there are people, like you said, people who have who are sports game streamers who play plenty of Fortnite. Everybody's playing Fortnite on streams because that's what everybody wants to watch. I don't pay a lot of attention to the Twitch numbers, but whenever I do see it, it's always Fortnite by a mile over everything else. If you're a streamer and you want people to watch you, you play games that are popular, period. So it, it I don't know that it's a threat because overall hardware and software video game sales have been doing very, very well the last couple of years. Our friend Matt Piscatella, who listens to the show, uh, What's up, Matt? Does an amazing job every month of summarizing it in his videos and reports, and it's been a really good few months. Every month, or every you know, every MPD report is you know big percentage gains over twelve months ago, and twelve month rolling numbers are good. So, in terms of dollars and cents, which obviously is most important to a lot of people to get these games made, I don't think Fortnite right now is a problem. But certainly, if you are competing for eyeballs in the world of streaming, and if you are competing for space in what the gaming press, what there of that there is, 
you know, it's hard to compete against Fortnite. It's fascinating to watch. It's just I love watching it happen, and I like, you know, being aware of it, right? I love to listen to what the kids are saying and what my son is saying. And, and when he asks me to play Fortnite, it's going to be interesting because I played Battlefront with him. It's really not that different than Battlefront. Obviously, you know, the, it's not lasers. It's actual guns, but it's not bloody. But, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. So that'll be an interesting situation if and when that happens. He definitely knows what Battle Royal is because he, you know, he, he just said it the other day. So it's very interesting to see how that permeates the culture. It's fascinating. What do you think? So, well, it, it's hard for me because I don't really understand the phenomenon <laughs> here. I don't play it. I don't, I don't care for, for the shooter type games. Um, and so I, and I've watched some of it and I'm not really sure I understand it. So that, so from that perspective, uh, I'm not sure. So this is why I asked you, like, what is it, you know, what, uh, what lessons are there p- to be learned about how it got so big or why it's catching on? Well, I'll tell you. Um, and is there, is there anything that can apply to sports games? Cause we know sports yes. games are never going to be streamed at, at in numbers like these, like Fortnite's getting, but, um, is it the free to play? Yes. It, that, that's so big about yes. it. And, and would that work for a sports game? Of course. You know, like Rocket uh, League. But, that's exactly. I mean, yeah. there, there are you can draw a lot of similarities between Rocket League and mm-hmm. Fortnite, right? Rocket League came out not free to play, but came out on PlayStation Plus, which is free for the people who had it. And that got a lot more people playing it. And to this day, it benefited from that exposure because Rocket League is incredibly popular. And now it costs money, but it was free to play for a long time. And, and even, just, even, yeah. Sorry, just, I was going to say, even even at it costing money, it's you can get it for like 12 bucks. Right. So it's an, it was either a free or an inexpensive doorway. And, and that's exactly why Fortnite is so popular. Fortnite, at least the mode that this is called, Fortnite, I guess is called Fortnite Battle Royal. You know, it's a free download, and they're making money hand over fist on cosmetics, which is a play that's been run dozens of times before. Yeah, so so this is why I ask. Uh, there, there's no shortage of games that have been free. So why did this one? Why is well? Why did everybody part, gravitate to it? What was the phenomenon in games before Fortnite? PUBG. PUBG. You know, sort yeah. of was the original, not original, but PUBG was the the first in the current generation, right, to do the whole battle royal situation. And they were not free to play, uh, but they had the early access. And it just became a phenomenon in Fortnite very smartly. The Epic, who are very smart people, you know, they said, hey, look, we made Fortnite. The original Fortnite was not battle royal. It was a 20 or 30 or $40 game. And I remember Mills on this show Mm-hmm. Uh, was was talking about how he was playing. I was like, "What what game are you talking about? I never even heard of it." You know, and and so they they it 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 took the very incredibly successful formula of PUBG, and you know, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, and then also made that free to play, and then it just captured lightning in that bottle, right? Like the combination of it's not just a shooting game; it's also a fort building game where you can you know create. Uh, structures for yourself to protect yourself or to get to places that you wouldn't normally be able to get, which has elements of Minecraft to it. So, you know, and it's kind of a little, again, unnerving as a parent of a young kid, like sort of taking the the concept of building and then inserting it into a, you know, a, a <laughs> yeah. shooter. But on the other hand, it's genius because it clearly is a formula that is working dramatically so it's 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 a lot of different little things but it's definitely being free to play is huge absolutely positively huge combining uh you know the the proven sort of wow this is an amazingly fun way to play a game of a battle royal mode and then having not being the super gritty ultra realistic but being more cartoony and not as violent or not as gory not that everyone wants more violence not less violence and then introducing the building where you can create these structures there's a hmm. lot of things that have gone into Fortnite being the phenomenon that it is. But but those are, I think, the, the, the most important ones. And again, I don't think there's a, a a economic cost to sports games. I could be wrong, right? But I, I, I certainly think there's an eyeball traffic and sort of a zeitgeist potential cost. But again, the more people that you know buy consoles to play video games gives you a wider audience to play more video games. So I think overall it's good for the gaming industry. 
Yeah, that's that's been fascinating to follow. I, I think the social aspect of it too, a hundred people involved. Yes. Uh, plays a big role, uh, and I'm Very, not sure how. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of communication that goes on. Like, I'm surprised, actually, at how many parents I talk to, because not only do I ask the kids what they're playing, but I ask the parents, you know, well, mm-hmm. what are your kids playing and how they do it. And I'm always surprised, Brian, at how many of them not only are letting them play Fortnite, but are these are 10, 11, 12-year-old kids that are on the headsets and talking, and you and I know. Wow. <laughs> that, that is the worst. That yeah. is the absolute worst kind of things that a 10 or 11 or 12-year-old should hear. It negatively impacts them, the, the, the terrible, terrible things that are said by people. And that's, that's what bothers me. Like, even if my son were to play Fortnite, he would play it like, you know, just playing it, not on a headset. I don't even have a headset for, for the controllers and stuff anyway. But... That that's you know that that's another thing that has kind of like I'm just surprised at how many parents are so unknowing about what their kids are hearing on headsets while they look like they're just sitting there playing a video game. Not cool, but you know parents gotta gotta get in there and understand what's hat what their kids are playing and what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's an interesting new world for people to explore. Um, so I got a lot more questions uh, we don't have time to get to in, in this episode. I'll save them for next time. So thank you, everybody, who, who sent them in. Uh, let, let's move to the results from the first round of our favorite sports game since 2010 tournament, Rich. Let's do it. Okay. First matchup. What's your prediction? NBA 2K11 taking on the eight seed WWE All-Stars. What's your prediction and what percentage? Do you think? Uh, I, I think. I mean, when you say percentage, like we're talking zero to one hundred percent, I'm saying probably NBA Two K wins it by a big eighty-five percent. Very close. NBA Two K Eleven, uh, no surprise, moves on uh, with eighty-seven percent of the vote. All right. Yeah, you you nailed that one. Uh, now, what game will NBA Two K Eleven be taking on in the second round, Rich? This was the matchup between number four Rocket League. And number five, NBA Jam on Fire Edition. I think Rocket League is going to win in a close battle. I'm going to say Rocket League gets 61%. Okay, so, yeah, this this is one where I thought this could be a matchup that goes either way. But you're right, Rocket League is, does move on, and you predicted 61%. Uh, 62.5%. Oh, man! So I gotta you just are drop the mic here. It's, I yeah. can't, can't keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to keep that up. Uh, but so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Not that I think Rocket League can win, but I think Rocket League, uh, at the very least, uh, can put up a respectable number because it's so different. Yes, it's, it's really so the only too. game. It's yeah, so it's the good. only game in the field that isn't now that WWE All Stars is out. It's the only game in the field that isn't a traditional uh, sports game. So that that Two K Eleven versus Rocket League should be interesting. Next up, Rich, we got three seed NBA Two K Sixteen. Versus the six seed Tiger Woods twelve the Masters. Yeah, that's that's you know that that's a tough matchup for Tiger Woods. NBA two K is going to win, and I I'm also going to stay in the sixties. I'm going to stay a little higher sixties. I'm going to say sixty seven percent. Okay, so NBA two K sixteen does move on. This was one of the actually it's I believe it was the closest matchup actually out of all all of them, and NBA two K sixteen moves on with. 57% of the vote. Okay. So a pretty strong showing by Tiger Woods, actually. I think that was a, a, a better showing than I expected out of it. And I don't know I don't know if that's uh, strong support for Tiger Woods or if that's a little weakness from NBA 2K16. But uh, 2K16 does move on, and it will take on the winner of MLB 13, the show, and Fight Night Champion. Which seated? Which are the two? Two. Seats? Two versus seven. MLB the show is the two. Fight Night Champions the seven. Yeah, Fight Night Champions was an interesting game. I don't think it was a very good game. I did not like the boxing at all. Yeah, I enjoyed I the story mode a lot though. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so what I was. I think people are going to look that look back on that with more nostalgia than anything. So I think that might be a little close, but. I mean, NBA two NBA is definitely going to win the game and uh, going to win the matchup. The MLB, I'm yeah. scared, excuse me, MLB is going to win the matchup <laughs> and they're going to win it hand, handily. I'm going to say sixty five percent. No, I'm sorry, I'm I'm going higher. I'm going seventy two percent for MLB this show. <laughs> you should have stuck with it. Sixty five. Oh, 
65.7, Rich. Go with your gut. <laughs> Go with your gut. That's the lesson. Go with your gut. So, so that'll be MLB 13, the show, versus NBA 2K16 in the second round. Um, I think the show will be a slight favorite, but you know, there's a lot of 2K fans. I'm not yeah, sure, for sure there'll be enough to uh, push that over the top. Now into the other region, where the number one seed NCAA Football 14 was taking on the number eight seed Super Mega Baseball. Yeah, the sacrificial lamb, Super Mega yeah, Baseball, going yeah. up against a juggernaut. I'm going to say 79% for NCAA football. So NCAA does move on with 86%. Oof, wow. Again, that is no slight against no. Super Mega Baseball. No. It's just, you know, you go up against, it's hard to be UMBC, right? It only happens one out of every, what, 135 times? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um and then NCAA football will take on the winner of the four versus five, which was Madden 17 versus NHL 13. So NHL 13 is the lower seed, correct? Yes, it's a yeah. five. Yeah. I, I'm predicting an upset here. I'm predicting NHL 59% over Madden. I'm, I'm sensing an anti-Madden vibe. What's happening? Oh, Rich, you, you you finally made a mistake here. Oh. Um, Madden, you know, there is always a, something interesting I found with my polling over the years. And this goes back all the way to the, uh, you know, 2007 when I started my website, which was the polling was always actually in favor of Madden. So I think there's a negative the sense that there's a lot of negativity towards Madden, but people still love there's a lot of people who still love it or a lot of people who just love the NFL. Um and Madden has always gotten strong support in polling. Uh, Madden NFL 17, in fact, was the number two game that year in the community votes. Um, so Madden moves on with a very, very strong 74%. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That, NHL. Well, it's is, hard getting the upsets, yeah. I guess. You know? Yeah. NHL is, you know, that's a respectable game, Rich. Everybody that plays NHL seem to have it on their list. But. It's not a pop. It's not the most popular series, so I think it's also hurt because of that. Yeah, you're right. I should have. I should have done better, but okay. I didn't. So here's one that's uh, you know head versus heart, Rich. Uh, three seed FIFA 12 taking on the six seed Pro Evolution 2017. <laughs> Pro Evo has no chance. FIFA wins going away. I'm going to give them 76 percent of the vote. Okay, so this one's actually closer than you thought, Rich. Uh, it was 61% went Very to FIFA. Close. So okay. so Pro Evolution... Some, uh, smart, I think this was some the, smart voters there, Brian. Yeah, I think this was the second closest matchup. So, um, no, that's pretty respectable, especially when we look at the sales disparity between the two. Or Yeah, so um, FIFA 12 moves on to face the winner of the two-seed 2010 FIFA World Cup and the seven-seed the Golf Club. Uh, this World Cup's going to win big, 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 big. I'm going 72%. Pretty close there. World Cup moves on with 74% of the okay. vote. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll claim victory there. So I, I, what I'm interested in here is FIFA 12 versus 2010 FIFA World Cup in the next round. That's Those are games that got, I believe, to the Elite Eight or the Final Four of my big uh, best sports game of the last generation, which was the 360 PS3 generation. So those are two very strong efforts from the last gen. So we've got uh, one, two, one, three, uh, four, um, five games from the last generation still involved. And uh, three games from the current man. So, is it nostalgia or were those games better? Well, again, we I think we go back to when we were discussing this last week, which is, you know, when we look at where we are now in in the generation, which is maybe mid the middle of what you would consider the generation, or approaching kind of the maybe the three quarters point of a traditional generation. And most of these games were at the tail end of that generation, kind of when it was peaking. And so I think the question is, do we know if this generation is peaking right now or is that still to come? You know, it's different. It's interesting because this is a different generation, right? It's a split. It's the X and the pro. And and so to some degree, there's still more room to go. Because I got to believe at some point in the next couple of years, there's going to be versions. I mean, they're already better, 
but you got to believe in a couple of years, if it makes sense, there's going to be you know deluxe versions of the games for the X and the Pro that are going to be significantly better than the ones on the uh, on the S and the standard PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's hard to predict, right? It, you know, these guys are continuing to get updated tech as opposed to spending five or six years working on the same platform. You just get really good at, at things when, you're, when you've got consistent specs. And when those things are different, it gives you new opportunities. But it also, you know, with those new opportunities, you're, you're doing things you haven't, maybe not have, haven't done as much. So it, it's very different. And it'll be interesting to see how that, that shakes out, too. Yep. Uh, so we will uh, open up the voting through the, the Press Row Podcast Twitter for the second round the, uh, of the tournament, uh, the Elite Eight of the tournament, and uh, we'll open that up on Monday. And thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to this episode. Thank you, Rich Grisham. We will be back next week with an episode I think it will probably be about baseball, Rich. I'm going to be playing be, MLB The Show in about yeah. 10 minutes, Brian Weedai. Yeah. I'm looking forward probably. to it. Yeah, let's see how the servers go as I'm talking. <laughs> uh, as, you're, as you're listening to this, we'll either know whether the servers are as usual or improved. That's right. That's <laughs> that will be a story right. to follow all weekend and all next week. So, um, yeah, so we'll be talking a lot about baseball next week with the show and maybe with a couple other uh, baseball games, news on those and, and reaction to those. So thank you again. And everyone, we will hopefully have you back next week with us. Take care till then. Hey, everybody, we're going to take just a moment here to thank our sponsors this week, Credible.com. You know, student loans can completely wipe you out if you don't get a handle on them. How do you do that? Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace for student loan refinancing and using their simple platform. It takes less than two minutes to find out if you're overpaying on your student loans. Plus, you could save thousands by refinancing. All you have to do is visit Credible.com slash press row answer a few quick questions, and right away you'll get real rates, not ranges of rates, from multiple lenders. Credible.com is completely free to use, and checking your rates will not affect your credit score, so you really have nothing to lose. The average user who refinances through Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan. Think about what you could do with $19,000. So, for a limited time, our listeners will get a $200 welcome bonus when refinancing through Credible.com slash row. Pay off your student loans faster or lower your monthly payment, whatever works for you. Just go to Credible.com slash row.